Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Welcome back to Mouthing Off with Mike, the wrestling podcast where we dive deep into the world of professional wrestling. I'm your host, Mike, who's going to take you on a journey through this week's wrestling shows from WWE. If you're listening to this episode, you're listening to Are You Not Sports Entertained? Episode 3. Stay tuned. We'll be right back covering WWE Raw, WWE SmackDown, WWE NXT, and of course, the results from the Money in the Bank premium live event just last week for 4th of July weekend. Stay tuned. Grab yourself a nice cold beverage, something fun to smoke on, and we'll be right back with those shows. With Mike. This week's episode, episode three of Are You Not Sports Entertained? Before we get to this week's weekly shows from WWE with Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, I'm going to just touch on real quick in the beginning of this episode. This is the first time it's been done. The beginning mouth off with Mike, where I'm just going to cover the Money in the Bank premium live event results from last weekend in London. Uh, unfortunately, was not able to get together a, a full exclusive episode to break down and deep dive into each match, but I wanted to at least cover some of the results here. So for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match that saw some of the best wrestlers in WWE in the world compete, uh, and Logan Paul. Damian Priest, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, Santos Escobar, Butch, and LA Knight. Yeah, and of course, Logan Paul. Logan Paul... Did some cool stuff. Him and Ricochet had a really scary Spanish fly spot. They were able to recover it. Logan Paul got a little little blood on the shoulder. little cut there. No big deal. Welcome to pro wrestling. LA Knight was my pick to win. Was the crowd's pick. The crowd reception was insane. Absolutely insane. One of the loudest crowds for LA Knight over the last you know month and a half. He has really been picking up steam with the crowd. We talk about... I'm going to talk about it here later on in the episode about over but he is over damian priest and la knight were the last two on the ladder damian priest throws la knight off with kind of like a inverse falcon arrow suplex uh you, priest stays on the ladder of course gets the money in the bank briefcase and is your mr money in the bank or as he likes to call himself senor money in the bank kel rodriguez and Liv morgan defeat ronda rousey and Shayna baszler after Shayna baszler turns on ronda rousey mid-match i really not even mid-match towards beginning half of this match fantastic and shocking turn of events here in the women's tag division the most dominant tag team built by of course ronda rousey has now broken up Shayna is no longer willing to live in ronda's shadow and here later on here right after this that Shayna regrets ever bringing ronda into the company gunther defeats matt riddle for the intercontinental championship we see the return of the scottish psychopath drew mcintyre so happy to see him back, and I can't wait to the inevitable Gunther versus Drew for the Intercontinental Championship. Cody Rhodes defeats Dominic Mysterio in a, in a pretty fun match here. I don't see what the issue was. A lot of people had a gripe about this. Oh, this is a pointless match. Like Cody had to focus on something else while he's waiting on Brock Lesnar to come back. He, he wants to finish the story with Brock. John Cena returned. Shocking. This one got me. This was this was able to be kept a secret from all of the dirt sheets and the people who leak information to them. John Cena returns, and he's vouching for London to get a WrestleMania. 
Grayson Waller comes out, kind of interrupts that, and he wants to see WrestleMania head on down under to Australia. This ends up with John Cena hitting an AA on Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller is going to get to mix it up with John Cena at Money in the Bank last weekend, and then this weekend on SmackDown. He's going to mix it up with the Rated R Superstar. So back-to-back weeks here, one already a Hall of Famer, one more than likely a future Hall of Famer when he decides to hang up those wrestling sneakers. Women's Money in the Bank ladder match was, in my personal opinion, the best women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Second best now has to slide back down, kind of that 2018 ladder match and the uh, first ladder match. This was fantastic. Now, we had a lot of different rivals and storylines going on in this. EO Sky and Bailey, Becky, Becky with Trish and Zoe, Zelina, kind of having no beef with anybody but just wants to win. EO Sky is Miss Money in the Bank. Right decision here. A lot of stories to play out. Trish takes some crazy bumps. Becky and Trish are is far from finished. You'll hear me talk about it later on in the show when we get to Raw right after this segment. Seth freaking Rollins beats Finn and retains his title in a fantastic match. At the end of the match, we do see a little bit of a, of a tease at a cash-in. Finn kind of screws Damon over here, and there's now some tension in the Judgment Day that, once again, we'll talk about here in a couple moments. The Bloodline Civil War. The Usos defeat Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Fantastic match. Insane story. The best story in professional wrestling. I keep saying it. You'll hear me say it at the end of the show when I talk SmackDown and I talk about the Tribal Court hearing for the Tribal Chief this week. Jay Uso pins Roman, something that hasn't been done in over three years. Fantastic way to end Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank was a fantastic premium live event. London was in a fantastic crowd. Cannot wait to see the next premium live event we get from London, from outside of the States. The crowds are usually going wild. Now, I will say U.S. crowds have stepped it up over the last couple weeks for the weekly shows because of those international crowds. So good on them. New York this week talk about it later on in the show for SmackDown was a lively crowd. When we come back, we're going to get into Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. Stay tuned to the show. Now they off the mic. Now they off the mic. Now they off the mic. Now they off with mic. Now they off with mic. Now they off with mic. Monday Night Raw was a good Raw at points. And then there were points that were a little low. Now, we'll get into the the high points. We'll get into the low points. But to start Monday Night Raw, we start off with our world heavyweight champion, Seth freaking Rollins. Seth comes out. He puts over the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. He puts over Finn. He tells us in his promo that he barely escaped Money in the Bank as world heavyweight champion by the skin of his teeth. So he makes Finn look strong on on the going out here. Now... We're headed towards SummerSlam. The biggest party in the summer is going to be live here from Detroit, Michigan at Ford Field. And Seth is basically saying, well, who's going to stand up and challenge me for my World Heavyweight Championship? Though the surprise of the viewers in the crowd, in person, and at home, myself included, Cody Rhodes comes out. And Cody Rhodes is about to challenge Seth for the World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam. And then Brock. Lesnar makes his return to WWE, to Monday Night Raw, to finally confront Cody from the challenge Cody laid back about a month and a half ago to another match against him at the time and place of Lesnar's choosing. Really hot start to Monday Night Raw. Lesnar and Cody brawl it out. They brawl right out of the, the arena. Seth is standing there laughing, watching it take place. 
we come back from commercial break, Seth is still in the ring. This is a very good way to tease Seth and Cody for the future. But, of course, the Judgment Day interrupt. And they are down a member. Damian Priest, Senor Money in the Bank, Rhea Ripley, Mommy, and Dirty Dom, as we're calling him, are out, but there is no Finn Balor. So, could there be some tensions in the Judgment Day when it comes with Finn and Priest? We saw at Money in the Bank that Priest potentially was going to cash in, but Finn distracts Priest long enough where Seth ends up beating Finn. So there's a lot of tension happening here in the Judgment Day. Now, Dom is getting insane levels of heat. We talk about heat-seeking missiles in professional wrestling right now, and when I say heat-seeking missiles is a guy who's able to get such a reaction from the crowd as a bad guy that they don't even want to let him talk most of the time. Dom is getting that in WWE. We'll talk about another heat-seeking missile tomorrow's episode in Mouthing Off with Mike is All Elite, that being Don Callis. So the D&D boys are getting some nuclear heat when it comes to crowd reaction. This insane segment basically leads to Dirty Dom taking on Seth in the main event of Monday Night Raw tonight. But now this does not mean that we will not see the last of the other members of Judgment Day as Damian Priest, right after this segment, has a match versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Priest does defeat Shinsuke Nakamura. And I really hate to see Shinsuke lose because when he was brought back into the fold during the draft, I had felt that Shinsuke was going to feel like a bigger deal on Raw than he had been feeling on SmackDown. Unfortunately, you know, he's still eating these pinfalls. Now, of course, logically, as I say this, I begin to realize, well, you can't lose to Mr. Money in the Bank or Senor Money in the Bank, as Priest likes to call himself. So you have to make Money in the Bank holder look strong, but at the same time, at the expense of Shinsuke, is a tough scene for me. I'm a big Shinsuke fan. I just really would love to see more from him. But obviously, you've kind of got things carved out on Raw where Shinsuke's kind of in that role right now. So hopefully, bigger things on the horizon for Shinsuke. For now, he loses to Mr. Money in the Bank in a really solid match. I thought it was good for Monday Night Raw standard. With this whole Money in the Bank backlash, at Money in the Bank, we saw Shayna Baszler turn on her longtime friend and tag team partner, Ronda Rousey, much to the surprise of myself and everybody else watching. So Rhonda and Shayna are on the outs now. Rhonda comes out to address this and is basically calling Shayna out as like, why would you do this to me? Now Shayna comes out and scorches Rhonda in her promo. She tells Rhonda, I'm doing a favor to all of the people who don't want to hear you open your mouth anymore. And I blame myself for bringing in you bringing you into this company, and I will take you out of this company myself. Now, they end up brawling, and Shayna hits an insane Mortal Kombat-esque jaw-fracturing knee to Ronda. just basically wipes her out. This ends up leading into the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles number one contenders gauntlet match that is going to see a couple of new teams take form. We have the teams of Nikki Cross and Emma, Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox. Established tag team Caden Carter and Katana Chance, and essentially established tag team Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, as well as Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. All of these women are vying for the number one contendership for Liv and Raquel's newly won WWE tag titles. With this match, a lot of people complaining about women not having time on the on the show, 
A lot of people complaining about women disappearing, not having opportunities. Myself and the host, if they made their way to the ring, Ryan actually talked about this in our Twitter spaces just last weekend where we had said, well, where's Tegan Knock? Where's Nikki Cross? Where's Emma? Where's Candice and Indy? You know, where are all these women that we have that are just sitting backstage and not doing anything? Thankfully, they're on our television screen tonight's episode of Raw, but Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, the first team eliminated by Chelsea Green and Sonya, they're gone within a matter of moments. Nikki Cross and Emma, another thrown-together tag team, they're eliminated in quick work. Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox, another thrown-together tag team, they're eliminated during commercial break. And then, of course, Chelsea and Sonya beat Caden Carter and Katana Chance at the end. Sonya and Chelsea are your number one contenders for the WWE Women's Tag Titles. Great. I'm so happy for Sonya and Chelsea. They're one of the best acts right now in WWE in the women's division. And Chelsea Green alone is, I think, the best rehire of Triple H's era. I'm all in on them being number one contenders. A lot of people griped at me on Twitter when I said, well, it's so happy to see all these women on television. Some other podcaster had said, well, you need to know the difference between being on TV and being featured prominently. Well, listen, I know the difference. I understand that difference. But the sad reality is, is that until the powers that be, Triple H, Vince, Creative, start booking these women in longer segments, then this is what we're going to have to deal with. This is a small jump off to get to the point where we want to have a fully nurtured women's division on WWE television. I think the NXT women's division is one of the best divisions in the world, followed closely with the Impact women's division. Those are on the same level for me. The WWE and the AEW women's divisions lack. Now, AEW is making the right strides, and so is WWE, but we need to get to a point where there's consistency. This episode of Raw saw us have a lot of women's segments on the show. This isn't the first women's match that we'll see on the night, and this isn't the last women's segment as well. So to have Ronda, Shayna, then go into a massive gauntlet match, Chelsea, Sonya, Dana, Tegan, Caden, Katana, Nikki, Emma, Candice, Indy, and then as well, Liv and Raquel are also outside on the ring. I thought this was I thought this worked for me. I think there's a lot of fickle fans out there. People need to understand that, yeah, you can be particular about certain things when it comes to wrestling, but at the end of the day, just watch wrestling. Stop being so critical about it. Just enjoy it. Once again, I speak about women's segments, and we transition right into Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark and Becky Lynch. So they have a they have a great segment, the three ladies. Now, Trish's promo does fall flat for me personally. Trish, that's always been her game. Her promos are come and go you know, in my opinion. She's had really good promos in the past. She's had really bad promos in the past. She's had good promos while she's been back, and she's had bad promos while she's been back. That's just kind of the way of the road for Trish. Trish is donning her classic broken nose face max from back in the day. Unfortunately, Trish did sustain an injury. I'm not sure if it was a full broken nose at Money in the Bank, but she's got a gnarly bruise on her nose. Give it up for Trish. She went in a ladder match, her first ladder match, her first Money in the Bank match. She went out there. She sold like a champ. She got ragdolled around in that match. And unfortunately, she did sustain an injury to her face, her nose. Awesome to throw back to that retro Trish wearing the, the broken nose face max. You know, kind of brought me back to a nostalgic time in wrestling. After the whole women's segments that we see, guys, we see a really fantastic six-person mixed tag match with Alpha Academy and Maxine Dupree taking on the Viking Raiders and Valhalla. I was a big fan of this match. Maxine is amazing. The Alpha Academy and Maxine win. Maxine pins Valhalla. Maxine hits a suplex, and you would think Maxine just won the world title with the crowd's reaction. So I'm a big fan of this. This works for me in all levels. Ricochet and Logan Paul have a little bit of an angle. We see a video from Money in the Bank backstage where Logan and Ricochet get into it, and Ricochet is 
uh, calling out Logan next week for a face-to-face on Raw, most likely setting up a potential match with Ricochet and Logan Paul down the line at SummerSlam. And I am all for that match. Those two dudes did an insane spot in the Royal Rumble. They did an almost deadly spot in the Money in the Bank match. So I have no doubt these guys together, they're going to make some really great moments for WWE. Once again, getting back into the women's segments, I just, we sandwiched in about three different women's segments. So we're making the right moves in WWE where the women are starting to show up more prominently on Raw since the draft. Rhea Ripley is taking on Natalya in a women's world title match. This was a fantastic women's match. This is my mouthing off with Mike match recommendation from Raw. This was a hard-hitting affair between Natalya and Rhea Ripley, and this once again proving why Natalya deserves more flowers and more praise than what these fans and these fickle fans give her. Natalya is fantastic in the ring. She has been in WWE, one of the longest-tenured women on the Remain roster, and by far does the most work for helping over the ladies in the ring, training-wise, as well as in the ring when it comes to her selling and her veteran prowess. Natty had her best match in years here. And I love Natty, and I know there's been some matches that have fallen flat. Natty and Rhea really delivered for me on all levels on Raw this week. After Natty and Rhea is said and done, we're going to see the Miz and Tommaso Ciampa rivalry kick into the next gear. We bet a both backstage segment from both guys. Miz tapping into his fire promo ability. Champa with his intense promo ability. We're getting Miz and Champa no DQ next week on Raw. Riddle and Giovanni Vinci takes place as well after this world title match um, with Rhea and Natty. Riddle is in a tough spot here. He just lost to Gunther at Money in the Bank. And Riddle doesn't really have any allies, at least or so we thought. Riddle beats Giovanni Vinci with a roll-up, but after the match, Imperium attack Riddle to be saved by the returning Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre made his triumphant return since not being on television since WrestleMania at Money in the Bank in London, and now Drew is back here on Raw. So it looks like next week we're going to be getting Drew and Riddle taking on Imperium in some capacity. Very funny, Drew has an interview backstage. A fan screams, take your top off, and Drew actually catches it. He actually says, you know I can hear you guys. So I thought that was very funny. Very very cheap pop for me. The main event of your evening, ladies and gentlemen, as we talked about it, is Dirty Dom Mysterio taking on Sexy Seth Rollins. And I'm not calling Seth sexy. Seth called himself sexy earlier in the night in their promo battle. Dirty Dom and Seth was a very interesting match. It was starting off really well. Dom got some offense in. Seth got his offense in. And then, of course, there's shenanigans that ensue. Priest attacks Seth, causing a disqualification. Seth's win- Seth wins this match against Dom via DQ. After the match, Seth is attacked by Priest. Priest looks like he's about to cash in, but Seth gets out of dodge. And on the way out, pedigrees Dom on the outside. Good Monday Night Raw, like I said. There were some segments that did fall flat. Trish's promo was a little flat for me, opinion-wise. That's my opinion. Everybody's got them, so don't don't crucify me for it. The rest of the show for me was very good outside of the Trish promo and then the weak gauntlet match. Now, I was happy to see all the women showcased on Raw, but I would have liked that match to have just a smidge, a little bit more time for some of the women that haven't really been 
on television in a few weeks, as well as I hated the pairings of some of the tag teams. There were there were already established teams from the past with Dana and Emma teaming me up. So I felt that there was a missed opportunity there. Dana and Tegan team up for that tag match, but I think Emma and Dana was the was the right tag team. They tag teamed in the past and they they meshed very well. Well, there you have it, folks. There's Monday Night Raw from the WWE side. Stay tuned. We're gonna get into we're back nxt tuesday nights the funnest in my personal opinion two hours of wrestling on a tuesday night you could get nxt this week solid nxt we will see the return of raw underground in nxt we will also see a couple big challenges laid down and an awesome repackaging video for a certain lone wolf. So without further ado, let's get started with the first match of NXT this evening, which sees Roxanne Perez taking on Blair Davenport. Now, if you recall a few episodes ago, if you watch NXT, if you listen to my show, you'll know that there was a woman going around attacking other women in the NXT parking lot. That woman has been revealed over the last couple weeks. A couple weeks ago, it was revealed that it was, in fact, Blair Davenport. Blair Davenport is a very top-tier talent. Blair has circled the world on the UK wrestling scene. I think Blair Davenport has a really high ceiling here. She ends up beating Roxanne Perez in this match here on NXT. Solid match to start off NXT. Next up, my match of... My mouthing off with Mike match recommendation from NXT, Mustafa Ali taking on Tyler Bate. This was a fantastic match. Really good match. Mustafa Ali gets the win. Mustafa Ali at at NXT Great American Bash, we're going to see Mustafa Ali taking on Wesley for the North American Championship. At least the challenge has been thrown. Following up this match, we're going to get Kalani Jordan making her... NXT debut, and she's taken on Tatum Paxley with Dana Brooke in her corner. Kalani Jordan wins. After the match, Cora Jade comes out and cuts a little bit of a dry promo towards Dana Brooke and telling her to go home, go away, we don't want you here. Classic Mean girl stuff here from Cora Jade. I like Kalani Jordan. She's another gymnast, and she goes crazy in the ring. She is super athletic. So another woman here in the NXT women's division who potential through the roof. NXT underground match. Eddie Thorpe taking on Damon Kemp. This was really fun, guys. You remember Raw Underground during the pandemic? Third hour Raw, we had like a backstage fighting hosted by Shane McMahon. We had strippers. We had other wrestlers. You know, and basically, if you've never seen uh, Bloodsport, it's kind of a pro wrestling slash mixed martial arts promotion. Very, very similar to what they put on. This match was fun. There was one part of the match that got me laughing my ass off was when Olympic gold medalist Gable Stevenson starts showing his gold medal to Eddie Thorpe to try to like increase his health points or something. I don't know what it was about. Even Booker T's like, why is he showing him the medal? Like, what's that going to do? Thorpe gets the win here with a triangle submission elbow strike combo that forces the ref to stop. And then after the match, a bunch of the extra talent around the ring who are watching the match end up running in running up the ring. There's no rope, so they're just hopping in the ring. Gable Stevenson suplexes about five different dudes. Book it now, WrestleMania 40, Gable Stevenson, Brock Lesnar, Battle of the Suplexes. I think if he actually can go in the ring, then I think he's a great addition, and 
he really does screen that that Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar from when they debuted. He had some beautiful suplexes, but suplexes are one of the, you know, is a move that all mat-based wrestlers learn. Could it just be his his professional wrestling uh, experience? Could be. Put some great suplexes together. Lyra Valkyrie's going to take on JC Jane. Lyra Valkyrie gets the win. Good little match there. Um, not really much too much to say about it. JC Jane kind of lost her momentum from her Gigi Dolan feud, just like Gigi did with their feud after. Both of them are now taking on different ladies in the women's division, so I'm I'm letting it play out at the same time. It just feels like a lot of their momentum has uh, lost, has been lost in the shuffle right now. We'll see. I'm going to let things play out. So speaking of letting things play out, we're going to get into a couple of these little segments that we saw throughout the night. Von Wagner absolutely brutalizes Javier Bernal. Von Wagner, for the first time since that video package uh, detailing his rough childhood, is getting a fan reaction. They're cheering for him. Andre Chase is back to lead Chase U. And like I said in last week's episode, Chase U, Andre Chase, and Duke Hudson will be taking on Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak next week on NXT. Baron Corbin video package. I said it in, in the beginning of this segment. There was an awesome video package for the Lone Wolf, Baron Corbin. And the Baron Corbin Lone Wolf gimmick is now burned. Baron Corbin burns all of his old gimmicks. King Corbin, Bumass Corbin, Happy Corbin, the Lone Wolf Corbin. So Corbin is getting back to his roots here. Expect a massive shift from Baron Corbin when it comes to his character on television. And I am all for it. He desperately has needed one for a while. Amass Corbin was funny. Happy Corbin was interesting for a bit. And then after that, things fell apart. So I think this is going to be fantastic for Baron Corbin. Your main event when it comes to wrestling here on, on NXT is going to be a Loser Leaves NXT match. Dyad taking on the Creed's. The Creed brothers lose this match and now have to leave NXT. It's said on commentary that Ivy Nile is not a part of the Creed brothers and she will not be leaving NXT with Julius and Brutus. So Ivy's got some work to do here. I like Ivy. I think she's going to be a great women's wrestler when the time is right for the main roster. For now, she definitely needs that development in NXT. The Dyad is another team that's a head scratcher for me. But the only way that the Dyad are able to win is a, a masked person appears and nails Julius with the schism mask. The Dyad win and they end up staying on nxt with the creed brothers leaving nxt now this has no doubt in my mind the creed brothers will be heading to the main roster it is a question of whether smackdown or raw and when now if we head to smackdown i think that's the choice for these boys for me personally they give smackdown vibes they scream smackdown i will be remiss if i did not mention the fact that i would also like them on raw because I'd love to see an interaction with Alpha Academy and the Creed Brothers. I'm torn on this. Sky is the limit for these guys. They're insanely talented in the ring, especially Julius. Both of these boys can go. Former college heat wrestlers as well. Got experience in the mat. Right here, you have the very potential to have two future world champions. If booked correctly, for now, they'll be in the tag division. I like to think SmackDown just depends. I also wouldn't mind Raw. There you guys have it. That's NXT from the match standpoint. The final segment of NXT, your main event, is going to be Braun Breaker addressing what's next for him. He's interrupted by Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov and Breaker is going to be a must-see feud. Those two are going to do fantastic things. NXT ends with the both of them brawling, security separating them. I think that feud is going to be money. That's NXT for you. Solid show here. Out of a couple of the backstage segments i would say the best promo that we saw was definitely with that baron corbin uh, video package nxt is developmental so i'm not really too hard on nxt i enjoyed it it was a good two hours of wrestling for tuesday nights when we come back we're gonna get into friday night smackdown and the trial for the tribal chief stay tuned 
Welcome back, everybody, into the final segment of this week's episode, Friday Night SmackDown. And after last week, with the Bloodline storyline continuing on SmackDown, we finally got the Bloodline Civil War tag team match last weekend at the Money in the Bank premium live event, and we're getting the fallout from that. Jay Uso has called Tribal Court for Roman Reigns. This tribal court hearing for the tribal chief kicks off SmackDown this week. And I'm so happy it kicked off SmackDown because that was the right decision. We can't wait an hour and a half through SmackDown to get to this. Now, I needed to know. I was left on a cliffhanger. The Usos, as you heard earlier in the episode with the first ever mouthing off with Mike pre-mouth off here, uh, pre-show mouth off when we recapped the money in the bank results and everything we talked about the usos winning that tag match after an insane bloodline civil war tag match between roman and solo and jimmy and jay the usos which saw jay uso pin roman for the first time in three and a half years this was a massive moment for the usos Tonight is an even bigger moment for the Usos because they're going to finally get to talk to Roman and they're going to finally get to air out all of the things and all of the mistreatment that they have experienced by their so-called tribal chief. Fantastic segment, guys. We get the Exhibit A video package here from the Usos showcasing all of the times Roman was just an absolute asshole to them. There's no other way to put it. He was a total ass to them. Just the mistreatment, the abuse, the, the physical, the mental, the verbal berating, just insane levels of emotion here. It's to the point where Roman gets on his knees and is actually crying real tears, almost leading you to believe that maybe he's seen the error in his ways. But no, guys, if that video package showed anything, that evidence showed anything, it's that Roman will do whatever it takes to remain the tribal chief, the longest reigning universal champion, the fourth longest title reign in WWE history at 1,400 days and counting. Low blows jay solo beats up jimmy there's chaos everywhere it gets to the point where we are outside of the ring jay is tied up in the ring ropes hanging on the ring apron watching as roman just hits jimmy with steel step after steel step after steel step they beat jimmy down and it is to the point where they finally put jimmy through the announce table solo splashes jimmy through the announce table while jay is buried under the announcer's chairs what an insane way to start smackdown and this segment ran 35 minutes to start the show this was the first 30 to 35 minutes of smackdown i'd have to see the exact time but from what i saw when i was watching it looking at the clock you know smackdown we had a little bit of a recap in the beginning recapping some some of the money in the bank stuff and then we got right into the usos coming out uh, to the ring, and then Paul Solo, and followed by Roman, of course. I would say probably hit maybe 30, 33 minutes, you know, if you want to take the over here. Fantastic way to start SmackDown. And SmackDown, I don't even know if you want to call it a wrestling show to start tonight. This was this was like any 
good television show when we're crescendoing, you know, we're getting to the the final story, you know, peak. It's it's emotions now. You know, Roman's crying and he's faking the tears and he's taking out his own family. Oh, guys, this stuff is so great. If you didn't catch SmackDown this week, 100% watch that first 30 minutes of SmackDown for this segment alone. We'll talk about how we end SmackDown tonight with this story as well. Right after this and shifting into some of the action on SmackDown, you know, we still got to talk about the graps. We still got to talk about the wrestling on the show. We've got Sheamus taking on Austin Theory for Theory's United States Championship. Listen, let me talk to you real quick. Yeah, in the words of our, our guy, LA Knight, Theory has currently the longest title reign for that U.S. championship in 10 years. They they talked about it a couple times on commentary. It was posted on digital, uh, you know, social media by WWE. What are we doing with Theory? Like, I know I see a lot of the, I don't care about Theory. Listen, his booking right now, you know, at, first, at one point he was, you know, Mr. McMahon's pro- protege. He was handpicked by, uh, you know, Mr. McMahon to be the next big thing. Now this whole thing has turned into... Theory is holding the U.S. title hostage to me. Sheamus loses this match. There's a ton of chaos, and it's pretty deadly come out. Brawling brutes come out. Theory gets Sheamus, rolls rolls him up, gets the tight. One, two, three. The U.S. title is starting to feel like an afterthought to me, and the U.S. title has such great potential. Like, I was thinking about it today, like when Seth held it for a stretch. Uh, Bobby Lashley. You know, no, these, these are guys that I thought had such great potential with that U.S. title, and then, you know, we flip-flopped, and... Obviously, Seth is the World Heavyweight Championship, and that's rightfully uh, deserved and earned. Where the hell is Bobby Lashley? You know, what what AJ Styles and, and Karrion Cross are mixing it up next here. We have so much talent. You know, what are we building this U.S. title division? What are we doing with it? Ridge from the Brawling Brutes had a, number, a contenders championship match last week on SmackDown. He lost it. Sheamus gets a title shot this week. Sheamus loses due to the shenanigans. So what's the positioning heading for Theory into SummerSlam? Is it a run-in with LA Knight? Yeah. You know, LA Knight was one of the most over guys at Money in the Bank. He's one of the most over guys right now. I know the term over in wrestling. It's used and abused, and it's heard over and over. Every podcast, dirt sheet, journalist, talk show host, whatever. Everybody talks about it. Everybody on Twitter, whether you're a fan or you're talking about wrestling in, in its core, over. That term is is overused dare i say this is a time where it truthfully applies la knight is so freaking over his music hits the crowd goes ballistic they they make his announcement the announcer announces and introducing next la knight the crowd goes yeah when the announcer says his his name then when he does the la knight thing they respond la knight yeah when he drops the elbow, yeah, crowd chanting LA Knight all night. At Money in the Bank, London went crazy for him. Talked about it earlier in the show. Last Friday on SmackDown, they went crazy for him. Friday night before that, over the last month and a half, he's gotten over. Crowd's seeing how charismatic he is, how entertaining he is, how different he is from you know what you see on WWE programming. We talk a lot about imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. 
if you feel that LA Knight seems similar to The Rock, Stone Cold, or I- I've seen a position where we could go as well with this, maybe a, a CM Punk kind of guy, you know, outspoken. He'll talk about, the, he'll call out management and, and, you know, call out the shenanigans and the politics. You know, we've seen it on social media a couple, the last couple uh, uh, days. You know, he's been reposting some stuff and, and, you know, just talking about how he's going to continually push and get over himself if he has to, if, if the management doesn't see and recognize that he's getting this reaction. I truly think that if done properly, you could have that next big entertaining persona, that larger than life persona. Now, don't get me wrong. Roman, Seth, Cody, Rhea, Becky, Charlotte, Bianca. I could go on. Sheamus, Drew, Karrion. Ray, AJ Styles, I'll keep naming wrestlers if I have to, but all of those wrestlers I named and everybody on the roster, they're all larger-than-life individuals, larger-than-life characters. But LA Knight feels different. There's a whole movement across social media, the Yeah movement. There's a whole Twitter page with over 5,000 followers dedicated to LA Knight, the Yeah movement. I don't see, yeah, I see like Stan accounts and fan pages on social media, but I don't see, do you see the 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 Rhodes movement? Do you see the Roman movement? Do you see the Seth movement? You know, and then do you see a page gaining this many followers and people hashtagging yeah movement and, and people chanting and showing up in signs showing up in AEW? Like there's potential here. I hope with this whole US title, we can slide him in for SummerSlam, get him a big win, and he can kind of restore the feeling the U.S. title had going on almost a year since Theory's held the title. It's 226 days and, and, and change there. So before Theory had that title, that title felt way different, in, at least in my personal opinion. Now it's just like it's on Theory. It's being held hostage. So could you slide in a guy like LA Knight? Could you slide in a guy like AJ Styles? How about a guy like Grayson Waller? How about a guy like Karrion Cross? Obviously, I love Sheamus here too. Let's get into this. Speaking of... Grayson Waller and the rated R superstar making his return back to WWE programming. We're in New York tonight, guys. We're at MSG, Madison Square Garden, the world's famous arena. Edge got a great history in New York. There has been many moments with him and John Cena in New York, on Long Island as well. Edge, well-liked and hated by the crowd in New York over the years. Edge and Grayson Waller have a nice little promo that leads to a match later on in the show, so that's this was a good one. I'll talk about it when we get to it. We get a really great line from Edge here. Edge tells Grayson, listen, last week, you're mixing it up with 16-time champ John Cena in London. This week, you're mixing it up with the Rated-R superstar here in Madison Square Garden. Cheap pop from Edge. Love it. Clearly, somebody somewhere sees something in you. And now it's time to throw you in the deep end and see if you sink or swim. Ooh, baby. Edge, I'm never going to take for granted seeing the Rated-R superstar on my television screen in 2023. 12 years ago, I was told he was never going to wrestle again and had to relinquish the World Heavyweight Championship when I was 12 years old. What a shame. That was one of the hardest moments watching wrestling for me as a kid was Edge retiring. And then, of course, you know, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. Then to have him come back at the Royal Rumble in 2020 and then to have him featured on television over the last three years is fantastic. I know the retirement's coming. Grayson hints to that, says that the reason Edge was on the show was to announce his retirement. Grayson's a great heel, guys. He's just a, such a cocky, oh, dude, you just want to punch him with the Australian axe and everything. I think he's 
perfect for WWE. Like Edge said, if he's mixing it up with John Cena, now Edge, don't be surprised you see him start mixing it up with Rey Mysterio. He's mixed it up with AJ Styles and NXT. He's already hosted the Grayson Waller effect three times with the women prior. His debut match tonight on SmackDown happening later on. We're going to see Cross versus AJ Styles next. Two guys I just said, you could totally see them get inserted into the U.S. title picture. Me personally, if I'm booking it, SummerSlam multi-person match. We got Cross, we got Styles, we got Theory, we got LA Knight. Yeah, LA Knight gets the win there. That's a big match. You know, keeps all those guys safe. It's multi-person match. Theory doesn't have to eat a pin. Could then take Theory out of the U.S. title picture for a little bit, setting up a feud with, say, a guy like Karrion Cross. Rebuild Karrion Cross after this feud with AJ Styles. Hear me out, guys, right? I know I get on these little tangents, but it's for a reason. The thoughts go crazy here. Cross and Styles, fast match, three minutes. Styles beats Cross in three minutes. Scarlett gets involved. Mishin Mia Yim hits a big boot in the Tims to Scarlett. Hated to see it, but also love to see it because I love both of these ladies. Mishin, super talented, super underrated woman in the women's division. Need to see her getting some opportunities, wrestling some, uh, some women on SmackDown, as well with Scarlett. She's wrestled here and there. But I think she definitely has potential in the ring as, as well. Cross comes out in this match. Leg is heavily taped up. Now, a lot of people alluding that Cross was injured. Michael Cole said that there was rumors that Cross had has a leg injury of sorts that he's working through. He got some great offense in the start of the match. Fortunately, like I said, AJ Styles wins this match. I'd like to see and find out that this whole injury thing was maybe the booking of the match's way to protect Cross from eating a clean pin from AJ, you know, eating that that clean loss. Because we've seen it in wrestling in the past where they'll say a wrestler's hurt, just like the Cody thing, you know, Cody's wrist was broken and he's wrestling with a broken wrist all these weeks. Yeah, sure. No, no way he's wrestling with a broken wrist for real, right? Could it have been where they said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna stage this as like Cross got hurt in training and we're gonna go out there, he's gonna bandage his leg. He's going to get some good offense in, but Styles is going to be able to target the leg, get the get the victory, and then we're going to kind of advance this, or we're going to cool this down, or we'll revisit this another time, and we'll, we'll build Cross in another direction. Or is it legitimately Karrion actually had an injury, the match couldn't go longer, and that's it? I don't know. I haven't seen any sort of updates from WWE about an injury to him, so I'm going to assume this is a storyline work here, an angle at play. I'm going to let things play out before I jump to conclusions and say that they're once again squandering Karrion Cross's talent. If this was a legit injury or something like that, then I understand this loss. You know, we have to kind of get him off TV. We have to finish this up real quick. We'll revisit it. Now, if this was intentional and he was not injured or this was, we're not going to revisit this at all, not a great decision then. Really would hate to see that kind of be another squandered run for Karrion Cross because he has all the potential in the world to be another star on SmackDown. Asuka is out here with her WWE Women's Championship. Bianca shows up. Charlotte shows up. Here comes EO and, and Bailey. We almost have a, a, a cash in by EO thanks to Bailey's help. It doesn't go down. Charlotte interrupts that. There is total chaos. Uh, this was a, a really short couple minutes for the women on the show. Like I said, some of these segments definitely felt like they got trimmed down. The segment that did happen here was very entertaining, though. It was quick, fast-paced, and it set up a couple different stories, at least in my opinion. You've got the Asuka-Bianca-Charlotte triple threat on the horizon for SummerSlam. Next week on SmackDown, it's announced. 
Asuka versus Bianca for the title. At this point, I know you know if you've watched WWE for at all in your life, Bianca and Asuka next Friday is going to end in a disqualification thanks to Charlotte interrupting the match, thanks to what Bianca did last Friday on SmackDown. Then that inevitably sets up the triple threat for SummerSlam, which is a match I want to see, which at that point sets up the potential for an EO Sky cash-in at SummerSlam, and then she becomes WWE Women's Champion. There's a potential here. The cash-in is unsuccessful tonight, but it's not formally cashed in, so EO still has her money in the bank briefcase. She's still Miss Money in the Bank. Three different stories at play here as well, because you still have some history uh, between Charlotte and Bailey too here. And you also still have the little bit of tension with EO and Bailey as they tried to screw one another over. And I don't think EO necessarily knows or she knows there's tension there between those two. So they're headed towards something as well. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out through the summer for these five women. As promised, we're back. We're talking about Edge and Grayson Waller, which was a fantastic match. Edge still has it. I don't care what you say. He's still got it. Like I said, we'll never take for granted seeing Edge on my TV. Grayson Waller is a damn good wrestler. If you didn't get to see his stuff in NXT, he's damn good. He was ready to get called up to the main roster, and I'm happy they did it. I'm happy he's on SmackDown. That was the right decision. The finish of this match was even better. We're going to see Grayson go for his signature rolling stunner. Edge counters it into a spear out of midair, beats Waller, but after the match is said and done, Edge picks up a mic and says to Waller, who's recovering in the corner, a Grayson, a Waller, you swam and throws the mic at him. So that's it right there. Stamp that seal of approval. The Rated R Superstar is giving you the seal of approval. Would I absolutely love to see some sort of respect mutually with Waller and Edge? And then Edge takes him under his wing. We get a little bit of some heel edge, some rated R superstar vibes coming back from edge. Could that be what it takes? I'm fingers crossed on that because yes, we call him the rated R superstar, but has he been doing some of the shenanigans and the things, obviously different times, different times. Yes. Yes. You know exactly what you're going to say as you're listening to this, but even still the rated R superstar can definitely get a little bit edgier (laughs) pun intended. Uh, And I think, a pairing with Grayson Waller could do that for a minute. It also helps him not maybe have as many matches and still be on TV. But then again, also pairing Edge with Waller, you could, you know, handicap Waller's push for the solo side of things. I, I, I'm going to let WWE handle this one, but fantastic. The seal of approval Waller gets from Edge. Ladies and gentlemen, I said we were not finished with the Bloodline and the Usos tonight. So earlier in SmackDown, on SmackDown, on the show, we saw Roman and Solo take out Jimmy, taken to a local medical facility. I love saying that. WWE hates to say hospital. He's taken to the hospital. Jay's back. Throughout the show, there's always those backstage bloodline segments with Roman and, and Paul and Solo. Paul tells Roman that Jay is back here on his way back to SmackDown. And Roman's like, okay, fine. Roman is out there in the ring to end SmackDown. And he calls out Jay to get his ass out there. Jay comes through the crowd, gets a steel chair, gets one on over in Roman. Roman gets out of Dodge with Paul. They get the hell out of there. They're at the top of the ramp while Solo is getting absolutely worn out by a steel chair by his own brother. Jay is just wearing this steel chair out on Solo. It is bent. 
It is starting to crack at the seams. There are the bars of the bottom of the chair flying everywhere. Jay is flailing this thing. Oh, man, this was intense. Meanwhile, Roman is gone. His his family, right? He just left Solo there to essentially die. He just ate that shit. He just ate steel chair shot after steel chair shot, super kick. So there's the layers to it, right? Roman was showed the video of all his transgressions against the Usos. Obviously, Solo came into this picture last year, a clash at the castle. So he hasn't, it, September will be a year with him with the bloodline. Usos had been going through this for two years prior. Jay, longer than Jimmy, of course. As a collective, Jimmy and Jay were the core with Roman and, and Paul. Solo is left just there in the ring. Roman's gone with Paul. Doesn't that just scream that Solo is going to start thinking about this? You know they're going to start building that. Jay's going to plant that seed next week on SmackDown. He's going to tell Solo, well, look, we you saw the video. You, you, you have to take it for yourself. Your tribal chief left you in the ring last week while I beat you down with a steel chair. And then that, then that seed's planted. Jay lays down the challenge to Roman, Jay Uso, Roman Reigns, SummerSlam for the undisputed WWE Championship. Oh man, I hope this match gets accepted. Now, big, big fan of finishing the story here, Mr. Cody Rhodes. If because the family was in Cody's way and the family's now out of the picture, finishing the story gets a little bit easier. All we have to figure out a way is to get Cody over to SmackDown. Do I damn now want to see Jay Uso beat Roman for the undisputed WWE Championship? You're absolutely damn right after that SmackDown episode. I'm going to I'm gonna give you a couple reasons. I, I went way over on SmackDown here, um, but there was a, re- a lot to talk about here. I think this is the A show for WWE this week. I think it's been consistent. Last week's episode was a one-off. It's back on course as being the A show for WWE. Raw's been okay. There's been a couple episodes that have fallen flat. We've talked about it on the show. NXT's sometimes been all over the place, but sometimes they hone it in and they get it going. I have a great time watching NXT. There's usually great matches and then some unique and fun storylines happening. For SmackDown, for me, it's got everything I want. Wrestling, drama, entertainment, and one hell of a storyline wrapped up in a nice little bow. Do I want to see Jay dethrone Roman at SummerSlam? Yes but only if the shoe is on the other foot here. How many times have the Usos saved Roman before Solo was with the Bloodline? Countless times. How many times has Solo saved Roman since he's been on the Bloodline? Countless times. Most notably, just recently at WrestleMania, he's thrown out of the match, and he shows up later with a hoodie on, and he still screws Cody over, and Roman retains the titles. Wouldn't it be apropos to see Solo spike Roman at SummerSlam to side with the Usos, Jay or, or Solo become the new tribal chief? Because that was hinted at earlier in the show as well. Solo picks up the tribal chief adornment. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is. It's the beads, the lay, what, you know, not entirely sure what it's called. But he picks up the adornment and, he, and he's hesitant to give it back to Roman. Now, he does give it back to Roman after... That whole attack happens. Solo, after seeing how Roman reacted in the Money in the Bank tag match and how he has been reacting, Solo could be vying for the Tribal Chief. Jay could want it. If Jay wins the title, thanks to Solo's help, wouldn't that be a way to just really just wrap up that Bloodline story perfectly? I think so. Let me know what you think. 
Mouth off with me on social media, M-O-W-M underscore podcast, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Threads. Threads is new, I guess. Threads by Instagram. So you can check us out. Same, same, same socials there. But this week, no final mouth off with Mike. You heard the beginning mouth off with Mike uh, in this episode covering Money in the Bank. Thank you guys for listening to Are You Not Sports Entertained episode three. Now they off with Mike. Now they off with Mike. Now they off with Mike. Now they off with Mike.